Hey, it's Lori. You know, when I talk about sharing stories that inspire people to explore, wander, and live, this one that I'm about to share is exactly what I mean. This interview is with Emily Ford, the first woman to through-hike the Ice Age Trail during the wintertime. She has an amazing story of her and Diggins hiking the Ice Age Trail, the support, the encouragement that she received from so many, and how she's inspired people and, and created this positive energy at a time when, gosh, we really need it. And I want to say a special thank you to Felicia, who sent me a message and said, hey, I think you should interview Emily, and to Jen, who sent me some really great questions. So take a listen to my conversation with Emily. Okay, so I'm here with Emily Ford. She just completed a winter through hike of the Ice Age Trail. First woman to do it, first black woman. You're, uh, you've inspired a lot of people. So welcome. Thank you so much. You just got back. Uh, you just completed it on Saturday and I didn't even realize that, but you know, my DMs were were getting blown up with like, "Hey, can you can you interview Emily? Because like, I want to hear what what her story is." And I was like, "Okay, okay, let me let me make this happen." So thank you, thank you for coming on. Of course, yeah, it's great. So wow, so you got back on Saturday. I think you know I've been trying to catch up on your story and reading. I think it took like sixty nine days, right, to do it. Mm-hmm, um, yeah, have right. you even? You know, today we're recording on a Thursday. Have you even had time to process anything? Yes. <laughs> kind, of. kind of. I've been, yeah. So I've been neglecting my truck recently. So I've just been walking a lot of places um, and just kind of thinking and been on just a, you know, little hikes here and there and um, kind of taking that time to process. Um, I have a really great therapist, mental health therapist. And so like, um crunching through just um thoughts of being home you know from that perspective too she's really helpful so a little bit but you know I just think I think that and and I think a lot of through hikers will feel this way of just like there are some things that you process really quick as soon as you get home the feelings are there and you just you deal with them and then there's other things that you won't even process until I don't know, maybe your next through hike. So it's kind yeah. of a, it's a broad range. Of um, things. Well, that's a good point yeah. of bringing up mental health. Very important part of both the hiking component um, at getting, you know, back uh, into life, uh, life in general. And uh, so I'm glad that that's something that's important to you. And I think the more people as hikers who talk about it and say, yeah, you know, this is real. This is, you know, important to, to all of us. Uh, it's good. It's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I even, um, a new friend, uh, he was messaging me. He's like, just remember mental health is so important. Like, he's like, if you ever need to talk, let me know. And like, I've never met this guy in real life. Like he's, we're just part of a hiking group on Instagram. And he's like, just don't forget, don't forget. It's so important to be mindful. And I was talking to another person. Uh, I think her handle is like black packer. Um, I was doing an interview with her in the middle of my trip and she's like, just be really gentle with yourself and everybody else around you when you get home. 
you know, it's just different. There's, it's like a weird culture shock coming back. So, yeah. yeah. So this isn't your first through hike. You had also done the Superior Hiking Trail, right? Yeah. 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 I've done the Superior Hiking Trail, the Border Route Trail and the Kekakabic Trail. Okay. Um, all, they're all within Minnesota. Okay. Yep. So, and you're um, life lifelong resident of Duluth, right? I was actually born in the, closer to the Twin Cities oh, okay. in Minnesota. All right. Yep, I moved up here after college on a whom with a roommate from from uh, I went to school with, and then we both never left. Yeah, we don't live together now. We've we've found our own ways in life. But yeah, that was six years ago, seven maybe shooting towards seven years ago. So Minnesota, you're you're obviously used to cold weather to the elements, but you know what gave you this kind of idea of oh, I'm gonna try hiking this trail during like the coldest time of the year yeah well i have a really cool job i am the head gardener of a historic house museum called glenshine right here in duluth and um i love my job but one of the highlights of my job is not being at my job for three months i get laid off for three months um and it helps keep that passion for gardening within me so during that three months i can do whatever i want you know i'm laid off and I collect unemployment and whatever. Um, so that's that. Uh, that's kind of, that's kind of how it happened. Well, because, you know, if you want to be a longer distance through hiker, you need the time. Right. Um, and there are very few of us that are going to be sponsored by people enough to make a living off of it. Right. Yeah. So you, you need to you know go to work and then, you know, find time to go out on the trail and, and all that stuff. So uh, that's kind of how my life planned out. And I was talking to a buddy when I was out, um, I was out playing bar league volleyball a couple summers back and she told me about this trip about this trail and so i was like cool sounds great but that's what i'm gonna do i guess in a couple in a couple winters and here we are <laughs> so side side question what uh what position do you play in volleyball uh well with bar league you play like you do in well i was kind of like intermediate we weren't that great i'm good at blocking and hitting Okay, because my daughter's outside hitter, and uh, and she loves it. She's been playing club for many years, so so yeah, so volleyball. But it's sand volleyball, so like I'm willing. To oh, that's tough. It's, but it's fun because you can fly all over the place without fear of like getting floor burn or anything like that. Because the sand will crest your body as you lay, uh, pretending to be Superman. Um, so I lo- I loved it. It was so much fun. My shoulders didn't love it, but I loved it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So you you obviously got a good kind of break, you know, to have a job, but then also get the time off to be able to, to do some hiking because not, you know, like you said, not a lot of people have that opportunity. Um, so, but why the ice age trail? Like what kind of piqued your interest about doing that one? Oh no. When I say I was like playing volleyball and somebody suggested it to me, that's all it took. That was it. That was <laughs> yeah. it. it was just like, just volleyball. It was just like, okay, well, yeah, that one's a good trail. Well, I mean, I just, I knew I wanted to do something a thousand miles or more. And I'm, apparently I was too lazy to look up any other trails in the Midwest. And that was the one I just decided to do. <laughs> and that's, uh, that, that was that. She's a good buddy of mine, you know, and like, she's, she's an adventurous spirit. And uh, anytime she suggests something, I'm always just like, okay, yeah, sounds great. Let's do it. What what kind of like preparations did you do? Because you know, and I'll put the links in this uh, the show notes too. Because you've done some some great videos this week 
on your Instagram. So I did catch up on those where you're talking about all your gear, your system, what you learned, um, kind of your setup, what you what you didn't skimp on, which was, I think, a good thing, too. And, and then like a combination, you were getting stuff like I got this from the thrift store and I love it. Or, you know, this is like a really expensive piece of gear, but it's worth it. Yeah. So going in, you know, had you done like a lot of winter, any winter backpacking and camping? Right. Yes. And the first time I failed miserably, I went with, I went with a different friend and uh, um, I went with a 30 degree, oh gosh, above zero, 30 degree sleeping bag. Which is really means it's like 40 degree. <laughs> yeah. I use, I use that sleeping bag for a lot of my summer trips actually, just cause it's, yeah, I, I, I just, ugh. Anytime I think, look back on my like past backpack and I'm like, I had to do that so I could get better. I had to do that so I could get better. Like I can't kick myself too, too much, but it was pretty bad. So I did that and froze all night long. Um, but you know what? Like, I didn't care that I froze all night long. I still loved it. Like we skied out on a lake and found a little spot. Um, it was just a little overnighter, but it was fantastic. And it was on a canvas walled tent. Uh, so there's a little stove inside, um, but the fire died out. So it got pretty cold. Um, and then after that, I only have two experiences. So this is not going to be a long list of me telling you all of my winter backpacking experiences. <laughs> uh, the other experience I have is I went out with a, a, a really rad group up here called uh, Wintergreen. They do dog sled tours. And it was an advanced dog sled slash backcountry ski trip in the Boundary Waters. Um, oh, wow. And it was awesome. That was, part of, that was part of the reason why I got Diggins is because I knew somebody uh, through that group who kind of pointed me in the right direction to finding a dog to borrow. And that would have never happened uh, if I wouldn't have gone on that trip. So um, those are my so two, you... those are my two winter experiences. Um, so as far as like getting ready for this trip, um, there's a lot of YouTubing that happened. I'm fairly, I'm pretty confident in like my winter, like my ability to be outdoors in the winter. The hardest thing I've ever done in my life, even after this trip is being a window washer in Duluth, Minnesota in the winter time, an outdoor window washer. It was is by far the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, ever. So I felt pretty confident about being outside in the cold. Um, and then if I had questions on anything, you know, I would look to a lot of forums. You'll, you'll hear me talk through those videos. You'll hear me talk about forums I was like that I hopped onto to ask questions, lots of YouTube videos, um, and then just a lot of shots in the dark and just like hoping that things would work. <laughs> Yeah. Did you find um, the community was very uh, receptive and um, giving you a lot of great tips? You know, were you finding um, a lot of support in that way as you were making your way? Good question. Interesting enough. So a lot of the forums I had hopped into were mm -hmm. old forums that had already. Closed. Okay. But when I posted to like social about asking questions about the trail, I don't know if people didn't believe I was going to do this or not because like a person would come. So like, if I asked a question now on social, probably a hundred people would comment, right? When I started in the beginning though, I don't, I think people were pretty skeptical if I was gonna do this trail or not. I'd be like, uh, oh, is it possible to ski this trail? And like two people were like, yes, no. And like two likes. So, uh, 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 you know, I don't know. I think, I think we could invest. I think we could invest more in in 
you know, getting excited about even if, a, if even if a trip doesn't go through, getting excited about others having these questions anyway. Yeah. And that's why I hope that people seeing that you were able to do it kind of inspires others to take that chance, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't succeed or, you know, I can't be out in the cold or, you know, how do you how are you going to handle this? How are you going to handle keeping, you know, warm? How are you going to get drinking water and just so many things, which um, I think it's awesome that you've been answering those questions and helping people um, kind of with your knowledge. Totally. Like, I wish I could have watched a series of videos of somebody, <laughs> like of what they packed, you know, I just like the, like the thing I'm doing on Instagram right now is like the thing I wish I would have been able to see before I left. Even if like, even if I would have never used any of the stuff that the person used just to like get a gist, it, I feel like is really helpful. So you were talking about skiing. Did you do a combination of like skiing or snowshoeing? Um, I, I didn't see when I was looking at your, your videos this week, I didn't see anything about like micro spikes or anything. Did you, did you mention that? Did I just miss it? I did. I did mention it, not in the video, but in the notes underneath. Um, I had snowshoes in the beginning of the trip. As people might remember, I was pulling a poke along in the, for the very first week ditch that because it was too hilly after that it wasn't really worth my time I mean and with that poke I gave up my snowshoes as well in the for most of the trip I wouldn't have needed snowshoes there's several days where I would have loved to have snowshoes but I I decided not to have them so all by yeah all by boot all by foot so was Diggins there to help pull the sled and then for company no so in the beginning I had a, I had gotten a knee injury. It was more of a quad injury, but it was pulling on my patellar tendon. So it ended up being a knee injury. And I was hobbling along and I was like, what if I just attach the sled to Diggins and have her pull? I attached the sled to Diggins and she looked at me like I was nuts. She thought that was the dumbest thing in the entire world. So no, she did not pull a sled. Yeah, so if you are looking for like a true definition of how I completed this trail, you would call it canicross. Um, so like people might know skajoring or bike joring, dry land mushing, maybe if you're in that culture. Canicross is pretty much hiking or running with a dog attached to you. She did not always pull. You will see from a lot of my posts that she spent a lot of time trying to find things to eat on the trail. Um, but she was mostly there just for companionship because it's nice. It's nice to have a dog along. Because I was going to say, um, you know, when you know, one of my listeners kind of posed a few questions uh, for me to ask you. And I think one of it was kind of like about about loneliness on the trail, kind of like, what are you thinking about being alone on the trail every day? I mean, you but you did have Dickens for company. So I think that did help. But how, how did that affect you mentally? Yeah, absolutely. I think that <laughs> I've been describing my experience with Dickens. Like what do you remember the movie Castaway? Yes. Well, who is that actor? Tom you mean Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Is it okay. really Tom Hanks? Yes. Now I'm questioning about yesterday. Yeah, I might, while we're talking, I'm, I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm to IMDB this. Okay. Anyway, so I would say that, like, definitely Diggins was more like a Wilson, the volleyball, of, like, she couldn't really respond to me, right, because she's a dog. But she was just good to, like, think through thoughts. So another thing you'll hear me talk about quite a bit is, like, one of the reasons why I like doing long hikes is because it is really an opportunity 
for you to work through your own junk, right? So I worked through like a lot of forgiveness through a lot of like just ugh, stuff I just needed to work on as as in as a for my personal self. And having something to talk to is nice, you know, in that area. But as far as loneliness goes, absolutely. Even if you're seeing people like through a trail, right? They're not your people and they're not consistent. So like you only see a person for like five minutes. They take a picture of you or they talk to you or they give you trail match and then they're gone for the rest of your life for the foreseeable future, unless they st you stumble upon them again. And that I think is a different type of loneliness than what maybe people would think of on the trail. Because I was alone, but I saw a lot of people, but it's still pretty lonely out there because it's just at the end of the day, you're hiking by yourself with a dog that can't, can't talk back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't talk back to you. Yeah. So, so you did get some trail magic. So you were able to stay in some homes, right? Or, or kind of get some shelter on, I don't know if it was on all of the extra cold nights. Cause we did go through a really bad cold spell, um, recently here in the, in the whole yeah. U S. <laughs> yes. Yes. I stayed indoors a, a lot through that cold snap um, and super thankful that was like again so like having Diggins along huh, it like made me more like aware of being compassionate towards myself and this other animal so like I think if on those cold nights if I were alone I would have just like put more like hand warmers. I would have just boiled more water and shoved it all in my sleeping bag and like would have just bundled up and called it good. But like in my conscience, like I could not imagine just putting this dog through these cold nights every single night when we had an opportunity not to. So yeah, people were super awesome with that. And then yeah, other trail magic to like on the trail, people would leave me food all the time. So yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that is. Um... I know that the Ice Age Trail, because I have talked to, to the uh, Ice Age Trail Alliance, there's not, um, I mean, it's it's not like complete in the way where there is like easy camping, um, not like an AT type hike where, you know, um, you know you're doing road walking. Um, I saw you went through your, those boots, like those soles, like, and it was miserable. I mean, you're, you're being honest that like, hey, this wasn't all fun, you know. I got frostbite and I'm like, yeah, and it's like, this is lingering stuff. So, um, was there a moment, was there ever time, you know, on the trail that you're like, okay, well maybe I don't want to complete this. No, no, no way, man. Good. Like I Good. knew like, so even I am the type of person that like <laughs> loves hard experiences like that, that I'm putting myself through. And, uh, you'll, I think you'll find that with chronic uh, through hikers <laughs> we just like glutton for punishment and like was I always like happy go lucky like this all the time absolutely not like there are definitely days where I would just like fall to my knees with like my jacket remembering that I had to get up with my pack back on <laughs> like dude and I just be like diggins I just I'm so tired or like my muscles are so sore like I my lungs hurt so bad and just like you know being honest with those feelings but like even in those moments, I would be like, but we got to do this, man. Like, we got to finish. Like, we got to, we, we can't stop now. Even at, even at, let's see, because it was day six that my knee started, was hindering me so much that I couldn't hike. 
And I was like, my mind wasn't like, let's quit now because it's the beginning. My mind was like, ah, we're only, let's see, I've been like maybe about less than a hundred miles in or so, maybe a hundred miles in. I was like, I can't stop now. Like I got to finish this. Like my knee, my knee's not going to stop me from finishing this. So no, I knew I wanted to do it. And what was I going to do for the rest of the winter, man? I'm, I don't even work. You know, when I come home and put on my thumbs and be cranky that I skipped out on a trail, like no way, man. <laughs> when do you start back up? Because you still got a little bit of time, right? Well, technically I was supposed to be back at the top of March, but my boss is super gracious. So I'm going back on Monday. Okay. So no, so it's like right on time. Like you're, you're going back to work pretty soon. Was there anything that really kind of scared you or freaked you out on trail? I don't, not. I think the only thing that really in my brain made me worried was when I didn't have my snowshoes and I would have to post hole for so long. So like the snow is so deep that like I'm going up to my knees and I, the crust wasn't holding me on top anymore. So that's so heavy with my backpack on. And, uh, my only worry was like, what, what am I going to do? Cause it was in the middle of nowhere. Like, what am I going to do if I keep having to go at like a half mile an hour? Am I just going to hike all night? Am I going to just extend my trip? Am I, what am I going to do? That was maybe the only time where I was like, what if I can't finish this? Not, not, I'm not going to finish this. Like what if something like this stops me from finishing, but nothing, nothing other than that was scary. No. So in, in kind of thinking about that, you know, did you have, I guess, were there sections that you didn't have service or anything? I mean, I, I know there's, there is some wilderness sections, right? Yeah. If it's, it's either, it's either you're like in the wilderness and you don't have very good reception or you're just like in a small town that doesn't have reception for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Lots of little areas where like, you would have to like, if you needed to send a message, you would have to do like the stand on something and like, have your phone away above your head and like try to, you know, whatever. So did you have a Garmin or anything for emergencies? Nope. Oh. So <laughs> that might be on your next, next one. Oh, baby, man. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I've never tried. Whatever your listeners might be like, oh, she's not the smartest. I just, <sighs> I don't know. Well, it's a personal maybe, choice, you know? Maybe one day I will. Yeah. yeah. If I were to do, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I thought about it. I definitely thought about it. Um, but one of the things that was so clever about the app I used, I use Guthooks okay. Guides as the app, the map app on my phone. One of the clever things about it is that even in airplane mode, it'll the map will still update and it'll show you where you are on the map. So like I knew where I would be and how close I would be to things. But if there was an emergency, I mean, yeah, I'd have to drag my body out of the woods if anything bad were to happen. And you were mentioning about the post holding and having such a heavy pack. Um, I mean, I don't know if you could have gotten away with with lighter stuff. I mean, it's you had to have a lot of a lot of those components with you. Yeah, maybe just like lighter gear. But I've. I feel pretty good about what I ended my trip with. I let a lot of stuff go in the beginning because I had the sled with me. Um, and, but what I ended with, I felt really good about having along, even though it was heavy. And most of that's food, you know, like food is food. You got to eat, man. You got to eat and food is heavy, you know, or it can be heavy. 
so then you did you ditched the sled um what other things you know did you ditch along with it um so my snowshoes mm-hmm. what else was in there? i had my snowshoes oh and i had a pretty heavy coat um it's an anorak by wintergreen the same company that i went dog sledding with they make excellent winter gear and it's just a really heavy coat it's my warmest coat but it was just too heavy and I couldn't pack it down well enough. Um, and I just decided that if I got too cold, I would put on some of my sleeping layers and just, yeah, have to go with that. Yeah. You did have a good layering system. You know, I saw that, like you definitely had your layers down. What I also found interesting is I was like, Oh, that's a good tip. You know, you're learning so much just from watching you of, even if, you know, you're not going to go through hiking in the winter, but even like this shoulder season, I mean, even through the next couple of months, it can get cold. Yes. Like it can get cold at night. Like I, um, even here in, you know, Michigan, it was in May, uh, last year and it got down in the twenties when I was, you know, doing it overnight. So, yeah. So, so I love the whole neoprene things that you put around your, like, how did I not know that? That's totally, yeah, that's totally fine. And for like us, in the, I often think of like a lot of my backpacking skills. Like if I were to ever get stranded in my truck too. A lot of like my safety gear, like in my vehicle for winter is like the same stuff that I carry on like a backpacking trip and like all of my theories of like how I would stay warm and safe are just stuff that I've learned from backpacking. So it's good for anybody is what I'm trying to say for any situation, backpacker or not. You know, when you started out, like you were saying at the very beginning, even when you're asking questions, you know, you're like, oh, I maybe got a couple of answers, you know, or this or that. And people were a little skeptical as your trip continued, the like publicity built or just the awareness, you know, was that kind of affecting you as you're going on your hike? Was that weighing on you at all? Not really. Maybe not until the very end. Well, cause I didn't, I never really looked at um, social media until I would do like um, media dumps, you know, like, I, like I'd do like a photo dump and like an update. Right. So I wouldn't really ever, I wouldn't really know who was following. And especially I wouldn't really scroll through Facebook because Facebook is kind of a dangerous world to tread through. You can spend a lot of time on there and, you know, whatever. But so not until the very end, because on my last week, I was on my phone quite a bit more so I could kind of coordinate how everything was going to end. But other than that, I had, I was not really aware of what was happening until now. (laughs) I guess I'm just like, oh. Oh, you're all here too. Oh, well, welcome. I finally showed up to the party that I didn't know I was hosting. <laughs> you're like, there's like 10,000 people here. Uh, who are you? <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I'm, you know, I'm glad, you know, I'm glad to be part of the system. It's, it's fun, you know, and like I've been saying, any way to encourage people who feel like they've never had a place outdoors or what, like, whatever and really this extends to any dreams that any of any of these people have right like if you've had a dream in your life that you've always wanted to accomplish but you either feel like you a you don't fit in or b it just ain't never gonna happen because you just don't know where to start like i'm hoping that this trip is a good like little push for people to be like dude your dream is possible right anything's possible if you really want it to happen if you want to become like an overnight millionaire, I am not advocating for that. I can't help you with those types of things, but like cool adventure stuff like this are like, you know, weird goals and dreams that we have as humans. So 
cool that you know people are ten thousand people would hear about it like rad great yeah and and i thought you know i saw you know the the photos of like the signs like from you know classrooms who were all like rooting you on and it's kind of like that's good because we want the younger generation to say like yeah anything is possible yes you know we um and you don't have to fit into a stereotype or a certain kind of um you know what we perceive is uh hiking or outdoorsy and and all of that i loved how you you know were saying hey I'm a little bit curvy and this like this whole like thermarest like the the little one the the egg kind of carton looking thing like yeah that's not comfortable like it's not. like you don't have you know you don't have to you don't have to be a hiker and like be uncomfortable like you can do what fits you you don't have to you know fit into to what you think others you know yes. say is the right way yes exactly well because like honestly whenever i'm sure when people think about hikers especially through hikers right you think of like this lanky skinny man that like you know was that kid at camp that's like i love sleeping on the hard floor and you're like okay cool that's not me <laughs> you know so it's cool to show people like well whatever you look like however you are whatever you can do it too people are making gear for all sorts of people nowadays and they're making it I'm hoping, I'm hoping over time it'll become more accessible to people. Um, but there's definitely stuff out there for your shape, your type, your whatever. So now that you're back and you're gearing up for work again, do you like, you know, work to hike? Are you thinking about, okay, what's, what's going to happen the next three months I have off? Yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely have hiker fever. And I, I'm just like thinking about what the next thing I could possibly do would be next winter. Yeah, 100%. And I know you're doing a lot of videos to kind of answer questions. Are you thinking like, hey, maybe I need to put this story down someday? I mean, is that even like in your brain yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people, yes. Lots of people have been asking. They're telling you. Yeah. If I'm going to write a book. <laughs> um, perhaps. What I would, I think it'd be really fun to do like a kid's book about like Diggins's story more so than my story. Cause I think that'd be real cute. I think she'd be cute as a cartoon character. Like, oh, I'm sure there's some illustrators out there um, <laughs> who can help you <laughs> bring yeah. that to life. Yeah. Uh, so like, that would be, you know, just like, it's like geared, like you're saying, like towards like little kids and stuff. Um, there's tons of backpacker books out there already. Um, not to say that my story shouldn't be shared, but you know, how many little kid backpacker books are there? You know, I don't know about people of color. I don't know. Probably not many. Perhaps none, actually, come to think of it. I don't know. I'm a Hispanic woman, and I grew up, like, not being introduced to the outdoors and not having, not seen. So if I was, you know, a a tween right now, a little kid, and, and kind of seeing other people do it and kind of that looked like me, then it's like, oh, wow, yeah. It's not just the lanky man who gets to do it. Like, I can be out there, too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's cool um, to share and that you are. I'm really stoked for the next generation, to be honest. So stoked. I hope they do some rad things, you know, like I love like my generation's pretty fun, too. But like I'm 28. But I think that the next one's going to I hope that they do some cool stuff outdoors. I'm sure they will. So what are you going to do on uh, your weekends in the next few months? Are you like doing like weekend trips? 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's coming up. I usually, because usually, so the kitchen you see behind me, which nobody can see because this is a podcast, um, I just re- I redid it over last year. So I've been working on my house and usually the weekends are for me to work on my house. Um, so what you don't see behind you and what you'll see in all my videos is the rest of my house, which is unfinished. <laughs> um, so that's usually what I do on the weekends, but I think I'm going to have to carve out some time to... Yeah, I'll probably call up Sherry and ask to see if Diggins can come out and play <laughs> once in a while. Get some good hiking in with her. Yeah, so you gave Diggins back then. I did. Yeah. How did I can tell by your face? That was tough. <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was extremely difficult. It was extremely difficult. Not that I wasn't prepared for it. Like, look, for the pat, the last two weeks, every day, I would talk to Diggins about giving her back. I'd be like, this is not forever. This is, this is only for a little bit. We're associates. We don't, we're not meant to live together, you know, forever. (laughs) And like trying to create that boundary in my own, in my own head. And then it was like, I was chatting with some folks off to the side at the end, because I opened up the end for anybody to come and and celebrate with me, which is really fun. And um, all of a sudden, like there's a person doing a documentary on this. And he and his cameras came over and Sherry came over and they're like all around me. I was like, oh, hey, Sherry, what's up? And she's like, I think that they want um, they want us to do the handoff for Diggs to come back home with me. And I was because it was the end. It was the end of the time. People were already going home and I knew that they would want to catch us on camera anyway. And I was like, I was like. And it's her dog also. So there's no qualms with that at all. And uh, I was like, OK. And then like. I started handing over the leash in my face, just like, <laughs> I'm sure. I, there's pictures of me crying. It was like an ugly cry. Like I've been, I've been comparing it to like when you're a little kid and your parents, if your parents lied to you for a long time and told you that the tooth fairy existed. Um, it's like learning that the tooth fairy doesn't exist. And you're just like, you like kind of knew in your heart it didn't really exist, but like still you just weep. That was me. So I like crumpled to the ground, like hugged Diggins and then Sherry like hugged me and I was like, oh, this is, oh, this was, she was great. And the, oh, I was just a mess. I got, I got home that on Saturday, took a shower and I just like was crying in the shower. I was like, oh, Diggins, <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> but it was, you know, it's, it's just the connection that we had and it wasn't meant to last forever, but that's okay to feel those feelings, man. Like that means I loved her a lot. That's awesome. And so it sounds like you will still get to to have some maybe time visiting. Oh, yeah. Too. yeah. 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 I can just go down and say hi or, you know, their family comes up to Ely quite a bit. So I can have them drop her off on their way up. And what a, an adventure that she went on, too. So, I mean. Yeah. I don't know how dogs process feelings, but I hope she had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I thank you for for talking with me today and for telling me a little bit of your story. I, I do appreciate it. I I know that it it inspired a lot of listeners, especially uh, people in the Midwest uh, who reached out to me and were like, hey, this is pretty awesome. This is in our backyard and uh, we don't have a lot of great things and things to, I guess, cheer about um, in times like this. So it's it's very nice to to have that ability and to and to cheer you on yeah 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 of course this has been i love that and i think that the midwest is just we have trails 
we have actually because you're in michigan are you in lower or uh, lower i don't know much about lower michigan but like upper michigan is like gobsmackingly beautiful you know and we have these we have these places just right in our backyard and i know we get a we get a bunch of crap for being flatlands and just like in the grain belt and like all this other stuff and like cows and whatever like for wisconsin anybody knows about wisconsin is that they have a lot of cheese you know like they don't even know they probably don't even think they have trees there in wisconsin but they sure do like like you know we're a little we're a little corner of the united states that we have amazing landscapes and you know our little cities are trying to do their best to build trails and and stuff for us to be on so sometimes you have to google where they are but you know get out there and we have them there's definitely a beauty about being on the trail in the winter um i know i was mentioning this to another person i interviewed about just the the quiet uh there's just this absence of sound or or where sound I don't know, just kind of bounces off those trees and the snow. And it, it's pretty beautiful, yes. I think. So as we kind of close out, is there a moment or a place on the Ice Age Trail that stood out to you? Oh, man. I think we were finishing out hiking through the Shawamigan forest. And uh, it, we had been post-tolling for a while. So we'd only gone like 14, almost 15 miles. It was the same night that we crossed the thousand mile threshold and uh, we got into this hemlock forest and we were at this, like the top of this moraine. So it was this little hilly spot. And I like looked to the West and the sunset was like amazing. It was fantastic. So I was like, whatever, even though we haven't made it that many miles, like we're popping the tent down here. I pointed the door of the, um, of the tent to the West so we could watch the sunset um, and the sunset was, um, the colors were just like amazing, like through the trees and the moon came up and it's close to a full moon. So like, it was like headlights coming in the back of my tent. The moon was so bright and, uh, like got dinner made, laid down, started falling asleep. And then the wolves started howling and it was just like, it was so beautiful. Like to be under that moonlight underneath those stars and like just in my tent the wolves are communicating with each other and like this is and we were in the middle of nowhere like that was a situation where I had to if I wanted to send a message I'd have to stand up on top of like a log and like put my arm up in the air you know so it was really remote and I'm just like this is why I love backpacking in the winter because then it was just so quiet after that after the wolves went to bed after the owls went to bed yeah it was just silent yeah yeah that's a that's yeah that's a pretty special memory and I'm sure even if you took some photos of that sunset it just isn't the same as kind of reliving it yeah. in your in yeah, your no mind way. No way. yeah <laughs> oh. well congratulations again on on uh your hike and you know hopefully you get some time to just, you know, have a little bit of downtime for you and uh, good luck Thank on what's so next. Much. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Emily, for sharing your story with me and the listeners. And for those of you who listened today, if you enjoyed what you heard, please leave me a review and a five-star rating to help get the word out. Share this on your feeds and send it to a friend. All the support really helps. 
And if you want to support the show in other ways and get some exclusive content, you can go over to Patreon and find me there. Links are in the show notes. So until next time, see you on the trail. Mm-hmm.